0: This week, in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape Green Lantern. This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to our third edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal.
1: I am Patrick Bromley.
0: I'm Jonathan Rooney. Full name today, look at you. Yeah, my professional name. Oh, fair. Very nice. You know what? Don't be sad this time. Be very proud. No, I am incredibly sad after watching this movie. You should all be sad out there. Ladies and gentlemen, today we are talking about Green... Lantern
1: Ah, yeah. ah, ah, Space ah, Sound Space ah, (laughs) Sound
0: From the director of Vertical Limit The star of Blade Trinity And the writer of every DC TV show on the air Right now Who's also the creator of Everwood Comes Green Lantern A movie about a Mystical space cop Whose head never stays attached to his body John, let me get your hot take on Green Lantern.
1: Uh, thumbs down. Patrick, hot take on Green Lantern. You know, as like if it were a, a medley of other movies, it was pretty good if you thought about it that way. <laughs> Mark, hot take on Green Lantern.
0: <laughs> uh, there's not even words to describe this is an awful Awful film. I was not prepared for how just awful this movie is. Right, and that's the crazy thing is you'd never seen this movie yet. No, first time. Patrick, you hadn't seen it yet either. Never seen it. And you owned
1: it. Yeah, I did own it.
0: So I'm the only person who'd seen the movie. I've seen the movie twice. And I wasn't prepared for how terrible it was this time. (laughs) This movie degrades every time you watch it. It has a half-life. And that half-life is apparently two and a half watches. (laughs) Alright, so the movie begins with a five-minute animated short... Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very
1: old school. You know, you used to open a movie with a little cartoon, get people a little warmed up,
0: and we did the same thing here. And it's all uh, discussing the origins of the Green Lantern Corps, how they harnessed the power of will, which apparently was just a floating green bubble in space that yep. they captured.
1: As science has proven, yes. Yeah, definitely. You may have thought it was just a good... Patterns of behavior, habits you'd built over a lifetime, but no, willpower is a big green mass that floats about the universe.
0: (laughs) It's basically Slimer without a
1: mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Just soaring through the universe. Or any of Slimer's charm. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. <laughs> at least Slimer was lovable. Yeah. Slimer was a guy you could take to a buffet. <laughs> the Green Lantern Corps, not really. Not so much. The, the Green, Green
2: Lantern Corps cannot be bothered to wake up from their nap during the several <laughs> council scenes we're treated to.
0: We're getting, we're getting a little out of ourselves. Oh, right. We're introduced immediately at the beginning of the film to our main villain, or what's ostensibly our, supposed to be our main villain, Parallax, Who, in the DC universe, the comic book universe where this comes from, we should mention that this is based off the DC Comics property, Green Lantern. A very long-running comic book, very popular, very beloved, uh, that this movie took a giant steaming dump upon. Uh, (laughs) Parallax is sort of the uh, universal embodiment of fear, and yeah. he's embodied as such as a giant yellow fart monster.
1: Right. No, fear has two big effects. There's paralyzation mm-hmm. and uh, diarrhea. And so paralyzation and Xlax lax parallax. Here we go. Wow. You did it. You broke the Da Vinci code of this movie. Wow.
2: Now, if you're confused about what Parallax is or who the Green Lanterns are, don't worry. The movie will refresh you every five minutes with another explanation of Parallax and the Green Lantern core. Green Lantern is 95% exposition. All of it is just unpacking the first sentence of the movie, which is Jeffrey Rush saying, Hey, Parallax is the embodiment of fear and Green Lantern is willpower.
1: Done. (laughs) No, you gotta go over that like 9 or 10 or 15 or 25 or 35 or 40 or 500 times, you see.
0: (laughs) There's not a single scene that passes by where somebody doesn't mention something that
1: is integral to
0: the past of what's happened.
1: And if there is a scene where you might be deluded into thinking something might be happening, fear not, that scene is just an homage to another movie that happened in the 90s.
0: That's the other thing. Yeah, Green Lantern is a movie that is cobbled together from pieces of hundreds
1: of better movies. Which is where in the second scene, after our cartoon short has ended, we will find ourselves in a mashup of uh the Iron Man opening sequence where Tony Stark is demonstrating his newest uh, defense contractor weapons and the uh, the fighter pilot fight from Independence Day 4 in the desert and you'll get kind of a wicked sort of <laughs> I'm sorry did I did I fall into a time loop where there are three Independence Day sequels that I missed out
2: on <laughs>
0: Yeah, there's Independence Day. Sure. There's Independence Day 2, okay. Electric Boogaloo. Yeah. There's Independence Day th- 3, Electronic Jubilee. Yeah. And there's Independence Day 4, the one with the big dog fight oh, that off. The listen.
2: one that's just called Rambo. Yes. Okay, yeah. cool. listen. The
1: poster on my wall in middle school said ID 4. It is a very misleading poster. I will say that. <laughs> Also, did you cherish
2: this poster throughout all of your early teen years? As much? Into your college dorm room? as Your first bachelor pad adorned with this well? It was your
1: I Want to Believe poster. Absolutely. And it was right next to my blown-up 8x10 of Bill Paxton. <laughs> well, those just come standard. You know Wait, what Wait, why,
0: why do you have an 8x10 of Bill Paxton? Well, I
1: blew it up to poster size, of course. Right, but why of Bill Paxton? Oh, I mean... Why wouldn't you have? Have you gazed in that
2: man's eyes? It is nothing but
1: kind love. Have I yet again pulled off the. uh, Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman switcheroo? (laughs) You did it! I believe I did this in episode one, fans at home.
0: Bill Pullman is the president of (laughs) Independence Day and one, two, three, and four. (laughs) Bill Paxton only makes a small cameo in three as a janitor (laughs) on the spaceship. Everyone knows this. He turns to the camera and winks. (laughs) <laughs> he says time to take out the trash. <laughs> And by trash he means actual trash. He's a janitor. <laughs> yeah, no, it's yeah. A very literal. One. <laughs> trash like Green Lantern.
2: Oh it is, boy, it is, is this movie bad? <laughs> I
0: love, I love that it starts with like the classic, like, oh no, I'm late for work. First scene, <laughs> right? That's like the first thing. Like, if, if anyone out there has ever taken a a writing class, a screenwriting class, or read a book about screenwriting, like one of the first things, like if there was a Ten Commandments, number two would be like, do not start your screenplay with, the alarm goes off and he's late for work. (laughs) Now, it's at this point in the movie that
2: the rocking rock music, the best rock music pre-programmed into (laughs) GarageBand. This is what acts as Hal Jordan, as played by Ryan Reynolds head. His alarm (laughs) is apparently comprised of this music because he wakes up to a hot blonde in his sheets and says... Oh, uh, baby, there's tap water. I don't know. I gotta start this movie.
0: <laughs> and then he <laughs> runs away. Then he, uh, he drives. In his sweet muscle car, yeah. to show you he's cool,
1: Yeah. That's um, how you know. while
0: he tries to wrap a Christmas gift in newspaper. I think it's a right. birthday gift.
2: This will not pay off for another four or five scenes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he almost gets into a car crash, but fear not, he makes it to the airfield, just in time to get yelled at by his presumptive
1: girlfriend, played by Blake Lively, Carol Ferris. Inventor of the Ferris wheel. And Ferris Aeronautics. And Ferris Mueller's day off. <laughs> yeah, really. All and of these Ferris
0: sulfate, <laughs> the iron compound.
1: <laughs> I had to get a Ferris in there. Everyone else is getting Ferris. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I had to do it. In any case, our friend Blake Lively is very upset at Ryan Reynolds' lack of professionalism. One wonders why they cast Ryan Reynolds for this job. <laughs> We find out that Ryan Reynolds is a test pilot
0: and he has been brought there to test these two experimental military drones that the Ferris Aeronautics Company wants to sell to the government. And they hired him because he's the best pilot there is.
2: Right. Now, it's worth pointing out that the whole point of this demonstration is to prove how cool these drones are. But I guess no one decided to tell Hal Jordan.
0: No, because Hal Jordan goes out of his way to use his wingman, Carol Ferris, as a decoy. She gets fake shot down. He then pushes his plane up into the stratosphere where... The two drones stall out and plummet to the earth, and his plane stalls out and plummets to the earth. And that's where we have our first sort of montage, which is him trying to regain composure of the plane mixed with flashbacks of his dad in a horrible accident. His dad was also a pilot, and his plane blowed up, and he was very sad about that, especially because his dad gave him a sweet leather jacket and said... Keep
2: it warm for me. Now, I know what you're thinking right now, dear listener. Uh, hey, this isn't Green Lantern. You guys accidentally watched Top Gun. No. No, No, we did not. We
1: watched Green Lantern. We promise. (laughs) But, to be fair, Top
0: Gun was one of the movies cannibalized for Green Lantern.
1: (laughs) Amongst. Amongst.
0: He crashes two experimental drone planes... He ejects from his brand new F-35, which also crashes.
1: For the record, the F-35 is a well-known piece of shit. And boondoggle.
0: Sure. (laughs) That said that is billions of dollars he sends crashing to the ground he comes in they're like you're fired rightfully so to which Carol says he's not fired and he's He's like he's (laughs) grounded and then he quits and walks away he walks away from doing billions and dollars of damage to government property
2: oh but don't worry because he caused billions of dollars of damage to government property they don't get the government contract and thousands of
0: people Lose their jobs. Yep, that's absolutely true. He walks out of the hangar, is immediately enveloped in a green bubble, sure, and shot across the city to a beach where he comes across fallen Green Lantern Abin Sur, who we find out in the prologue is the only Green Lantern to defeat Parallax and imprison him in the Lost. Sector, which was apparently found by three random dudes who had their soul skeletons sucked out of their face by Parallax. Right. When you have just a giant space worm
2: of fear and you've successfully managed to isolate it. Uh, Not not space worm. Right. Fart monster. monster. (laughs) It's a fart monster of fear. Mm -hmm. But if you have a giant cosmic fart monster of fear and you've trapped him on an abandoned planet... You don't lose that planet. You no. put a big sign saying, yeah. don't come to this
1: planet, or, hey, kill it.
2: Yeah, Destroy please.
1: it. You end it that. from existing. Bring some Febreze. What? But they left it on a lost planet, and three rejects from XCOM show up to find it. <laughs> they get their yellow soul skeletons sucked out of their body. Did he, you know that your soul skeleton is yellow, by the way? And
0: that your soul is made out of a skeleton? <laughs> yeah,
1: I feel like everything I learned from Shang Tsung is wrong.
0: Yeah, that's true, absolutely. Because that's the one thing Parallax doesn't do when he steals your soul skeleton is change shapes into the other people. Yeah, at no point does he turn into Liu Kang or no. Raiden or Goro. No. It's very disappointing.
1: That would have absolutely. been a
2: much better movie.
1: In fact, his inability to turn anybody into anybody except for uh, that one big-headed Peter Skarsgård. Yeah.
0: Which, we'll we'll get to that point in just a second. (laughs) So, Hal Jordan is sucked to Abinsur, and and we find out that the Green Lantern ring has chosen Hal Jordan because he's the closest to life form who's worthy of the ring to become the new Green Lantern. He goes home, he tries to figure out how to work the ring, and it's just now working for him. He even, like, tries a couple catchphrases to get it... To work, sure. He says to infinity and beyond, yeah. of course. And then he says, by the power of Gray Skull. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. Says
0: well, by the power. Why? I, I. There's not. gotta be like a cutscene somewhere of him saying like Thundercats, Ho, <laughs> Silverhawks, <laughs> like Brave Star, like all the '80s cartoons they can think of. Just jam them in there, yo Yojo. <laughs>
1: All the time, reenacting the scene of Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man where he's learning his web-slinging.
0: From ten years prior.
2: <laughs> Despite being released in the early 20-teens, this is actually
0: a 90s movie. Oh
1: man, in a huge
0: way. <laughs> the, the digital effects in this movie are awful. <laughs> the, the
2: CGI is so bad that normal things look fake. Yeah, like Ryan Reynolds at... All points looks like CGI,
0: like not just like not just in the Green Lantern, outfit. like when he's wearing like a blue shirt, you're just like, I think that's a fake shirt. (laughs) I think he showed up in a green shirt, and they were like, I don't like that shirt. Put a blue (laughs) shirt on him. So. He gets the Green Lantern ring, Carol comes over, and they want to chit-chat, and he's like, let's go get drinks, because he doesn't want her to see his Green Lantern ring and his Green Lantern lantern. Now,
2: I know what you're thinking, dear listener. Surely, if he doesn't want her to see this Green Lantern ring, which, by the way, is like nine sizes too big for his fingers, it, it looks like a ring blow pop that he hasn't quite finished yet. Yeah. yeah. He's halfway sticky. through that green apple blow pop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Does he take this off? No, he does not. Nope. Does Blake Lively's uh, Miss Ferris ever question this new ring? Absolutely not. not. not.
0: Nope. Despite the fact that they're basically best friends and grew up together, and that
2: is the thing that happens way too often in this movie. Something absolutely insane and completely reality bending and breaking happens in this movie, and all the characters are just like, "Oh, that's just part of our universe now." Yeah, it's fine. Everyone
0: takes everything so well. (laughs) Hal Jordan sees a giant spiky spaceship crash into the beach and his first instinct is to immediately run towards it. Yeah, run
1: towards it. Then he sees
0: a weird dying pink alien man who says, the ring chose you, Hal Jordan. Speak the words and become the Green Lantern. He's like, yeah, all right, I guess I'll just do that. (laughs) And he goes home and tries it. So he, he gets into a little argument with Carol at the bar and he walks out of the bar in a huff. No, he doesn't walk out of the bar. He seems to, Ryan
2: Reynolds, the actor, just walk out of the scene because he's bored (laughs) with it. The two of them are dancing and having a conversation about their childhood because five minutes has gone by, and we want to make sure you're still caught up with the still in the movie.
1: Yeah.
2: And Ryan Reynolds is just like, well,
0: I'm done, and stops the dance and just walks out (laughs) of the scene. Where he is promptly attacked by three guys who worked for Ferris Air who were laid off and they justifiably angry yeah. at this idiot. Sure. Yeah. And then they beat the f- fuck out of him. They punch <laughs> him like 10 times. Yeah. One of them throws his head into the bumper of a truck. And then they walk away and they're like, our job's done here. Now, this is important to note. They walk away. Yeah. The fight is done. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds, Hal Jordan sits up and says, hey, I'm just getting started. He dips his hand into a bucket of rusty nails to throw at them, does so, and instead makes a giant green fist. Which promptly murders three human beings. One person goes through a windshield, yeah. one person
2: goes through the, uh, the the like bumper of an SUV, yeah. and then the it third one smash
0: destroys the back of a car. Right. The third one goes through a brick wall. Yeah, like a 2 None of those thick people are alive! They're all dead. And his response to this is just like, whoa. <laughs> and then he goes! <laughs> goes on. Well, he tries to go home because he's sucked up in another green bubble and shot into space. So he lands on the planet of the Green Lanterns, passes out, wakes up pretty much naked except for his sweet little white shortlets.
1: They do give him we, future space underwear. Can we take a moment here? Sure. There's a brief uh, on the Green Lantern planet. You definitely have part of like a city that's almost like uh uh the prequels of Star Wars. Yeah. But then the rest of the planet does seem to look a lot like the rave caves from the Matrix. Yeah. They yeah, it's all what this- kind of serious inequality issues are going on in
2: Aona or Ae- Oa, Oa. Oh, uh. here's what I can figure with this movie. This movie watched the first Matrix and was like, all right, that was great. Watch the sequels. Not so good. Watched the original Star Wars. This is great. Watch the prequels. Not so good. And then in its arrogance decided, you know what? I'm going to take the worst parts of the worst movies in these (laughs) franchises and I'm going to make them work.
0: I will make them work. (laughs) And then failed. Oh, <laughs> oh Failed miserably. Spectacularly. Whoa, buddy. So, Hell Jordan arrives on, on the planet Oa. Uh, while they're there, Sinestro, the sort of, I would say, general of the Green Lantern army, is giving a big Nazi-type rally <laughs> for all the Green Lanterns, <laughs> explaining that some unseen force called Parallax is laying waste to the universe. Because it's been 20 minutes, and we need to be reminded what Parallax is. Sure. And what he's doing. So Hal Jordan is naked, and then Uh, Hal Jordan's CGI body double is naked. Yes, yes. He is then covered in, we finally see the Green Lantern costume. And boy, does it look like a piece of shit. So the Green Lantern costume, the way they did this in the movie is, Ryan Reynolds wore, like, basically a headless green man suit. And then they went back afterwards and animated the suit onto his body... Which makes a lot of sense when you notice that for most of the movie, his head and his body are phasing in and out of one <laughs> another and aren't appear to not be attached.
2: Right. It's like in those uh, PlayStation 2 games where you move the camera just the wrong way and like the building is clipping into your main yeah. character. Yeah. 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 That's
0: what's going on with his head and his yeah. body. It wouldn't surprise me once they introduced the Green Lantern outfit that he filmed all of his scenes with his head just stuck up through a hole into a green painted box. <laughs> yeah, right. And then they just did everything around it.
2: And it really cannot be overstated how
0: awful the CG is in this movie. It's so bad. It's it's like the, the terrible, every terrible CGI effect they added in the Star Wars director's cut, like Lucas, I am using all my powers as a director to go back and ruin my movies. Like all that Moss shit, the Rondo and all that dumb stuff. All that looks better. Yes. Than Green Lantern. By like an order of magnitude. Yeah. This movie costs $200 million to make. The original budget was $191 million dollars. Two months before the movie was finished, they were not even close to being finished, so they pumped another $9 million into the budget to hurry the special effects to get them done because they had an unescapable release date.
2: You cannot see any of that on screen.
0: (laughs) None of that movie made it... None of that money made it into the movie. All of that money went right into Ryan Reynolds' pocket so he wouldn't walk off set. <laughs> yeah. Everybody in this movie is terrible. Yes. Nobody gives a good performance. Tim Robbins is terrible in it. Yeah. Peter Sarsgaard is terrible in it. Angela Bassett is terrible in it. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is terrible in it. Everybody is terrible in it. Yeah, Everybody. Was that Angela Bassett? As Amanda Waller, yes. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's right. Amanda Waller. So, if you have seen anything, if you've watched Arrow or if you've read the comic books, The Suicide Squad, you'd know Amanda Waller is the head of The Suicide Squad. In this movie, she's just a scientist. That's There's it. absolutely no reason for her character no. to be Amanda
1: no. Waller no. at all. Nope. Her name could have been Stephanie Jones. <laughs> and worse yet, as a scientist for the uh, some government agency whose name we're really never known. Uh, she comes across the alien dead body and enlists the help of some high school biology teacher? Played high by Peter guy.
2: High
0: school xenobiology teacher. Yeah, now
2: this really pissed me off because he they bring him to the secret alien autopsy room and he comes in and he's like, well, I'm glad you called me an expert in xenobiology. Mm-hmm. Xenobiology, the study of aliens, when it is pointed out that he's like, oh, you guys have captured the first alien in human history. Despite How are you an expert yeah. in this? Despite what the gossip rags will tell you, she says.
1: <laughs> Despite what they will
2: How tell have you, you studied your entire life
0: mm-hmm. yeah. in a subject that to this point demonstrably did not exist? Yep. And so while Hal Jordan is training on Oa... This is sort of our second montage of the movie, and kind of the the last montage, unfortunately. This movie could have been served by like 30 more montages to condense the storytelling. Uh, The second montage happens, and it's sort of the uh, Hal Jordan training montage. He's being taught by Kilowog, as voiced by Michael Clark Duncan, who was brought on to voice his part two months before the movie was due to be released. Boy, does it show. (laughs) And that is intercut with Hector Hammond, played by Peter Sarsgaard, the master of xenobiology, dissecting a giant purple naked man and determining that he's very humanoid. That's fascinating. He's got all the things, it's divergent evolution. I can't wait for people to hear about this. I know they can't hear about this, but oh my gosh! Don't worry, this won't
2: ever come up again in no. the entire no. course of this yeah, movie. It yeah. There's a famous, uh, like, speech or, or, or like, uh, like, workshop that uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone did for a college where they were breaking down their story style, and they said that every single scene needs to be connected with the words uh, therefore or but. So this happens, therefore that happens. This happens, but that causes this to happen. This movie is constructed entirely of and then and then (laughs) and then it's like having a four year old
0: tell you about her day yeah This whole movie seems like an improv exercise going wildly out of control. This
2: whole movie... They are not saying yes and.
0: No, that's the problem. They are not accepting the premise of those scenes. No, see, that's the problem. They are taking the premise of those scenes. They are saying yes and, but they're saying yes and to the worst ideas ever. Like, all we needed was one person to walk onto the set and say, I'm pulling a gun! And then someone to say, freeze, tag him out, replace him, and we would have gotten... such a better movie. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so Green Lantern trains, he goes back to Earth. There's a now, lot he of he
2: trains for like an afternoon.
0: Yeah, yeah. one gets mad around, and
2: yeah. then walks away because he's not instantly perfect at it. Yeah, yeah, and everyone tells him that he's
0: terrible at it too. Yeah. Sure.
1: Yeah, everyone it's not an anti human speciesism. Yeah, everybody over at Green Lantern Every core.
0: Green Lantern in the universe is just just like looks down on humanity as a they keep calling them a new
2: species. Sure, a young species. And Ryan Reynolds, as Hal Jordan, does nothing
0: to dissuade them of
2: that notion.
0: No, he's really terrible at it, and then he just flies away home. He figures that part out pretty well. Yeah, fly away home. He figured out intergalactic travel instantaneously, but he couldn't figure out how to... Because
2: there's this this really annoying, uh, like, maddening conceit, which is once the ring gets on you, it, like, downloads the encyclopedia of the universe into your brain so that you
1: know... How to be an effective peacekeeper in this universe? It's like they take a piece of metal and shove it into your spine and just put all that information right in your brain, right? Which is fine, like the Matrix, Matrix. just like the Matrix. Which is like, which is like, all right, cool, fine. What a
2: great time-saving measure that is from a story perspective. (laughs) Except no, because Hal Jordan keeps asking questions that he should already have the answers (laughs) to. For instance. What's a Green Lantern? How does it work? We as the audience already know this. Because the movie's told (laughs) us eight times already. It is so infuriating. Like, there's dramatic irony that, like, Hitchcock would use, where, like, he would show the audience the bomb under the table, but the characters wouldn't know. This is the complete perversion of that (laughs) (laughs) Where it's like, I'm going to tell the audience literally everything they need to know and then have every single
0: character ask all those questions questions <laughs> a third time! <laughs> <laughs> So this movie kind of just plods along. I don't want to get through all the minutiae
1: of this movie. It's that it's so it terrible. Just nothing happens. Well, now, now, now we were we were talking about uh, Sarsgaard, and he okay. he's gonna get infected by the fear bug, right? Sure. And then and then Hal Jordan's gonna race back to Earth to get to a banging poolside cocktail party. That's true. Yeah, there's a sweet banging poolside cocktail party
0: that's being hosted by the Tim Robbins character, who is Peter SARSGARD's character's. Father,
2: despite them looking the exact same age, (laughs) even though that really
1: shouldn't be possible. Like Tim Robbins is like a (laughs) hundred,
0: yeah. And Peter Sarsgaard. Peter Sarsgaard has. I don't know if he shaved his head for this and they gave him a bad wig, or if it's just a bad bald cap. But he has this like. The minute you see him, you're just like, that's an evil person. (laughs) His hair. It's just, just like, wild and crazy. It looks like Doc Brown on methamphetamines. It's real sad uh, that this actor of this caliber is being reduced to playing... The second bad
1: guy in Green Lantern, and he's sporting the kind of mustache that said you were a villain even in the seventies. Yeah, Yeah. it's definitely a I own a
0: windowless van with candy in it mustache. Yeah, no, definitely. And so the movie plods along. There's this the first time we get to see the Green Lantern in action is at this cocktail party. Um, Hector. Has his stupid, like, little hissy fit about his dad who doesn't pay attention to him. That's his whole motivation is nobody likes him as a person. So he decides to crash the helicopter his father is in by shooting a beer tap at it. Right, because apparently fear
1: gives you telekinesis? Yeah. Apparently. Yeah. Fair fair enough. enough. Well, the thing was the beer tap was afraid, John. Right.
0: Yes, that's the problem. (laughs) It was afraid that PBR might come through oh, no. when it was a Stella Artois
2: tap. Ah, that'll <laughs> contaminate the flavor palette.
1: Uh, so so, how in do we, terror, yeah. that beer tap flies up at a helicopter, tail uh, propeller, knocks it out, and Tim Robinson's helicopter is going down. Oh, but
2: it takes like a good 15 minutes of yeah. it
0: just sort of spinning in
2: place for a while. Sure,
1: yeah. and
0: then there's about two minutes of it like... Crashing through an entire party, its blades still spinning. Yeah, presumably just chopping people up, it Dawn just,
1: of the Dead style. Yeah,
0: this. Oh my god. What's
1: amazing just... is if that helicopter had been a Toyota in an eighties movie, it would have exploded seven times. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> From but, 50 different angles. I know, but instead, it just slices and skids through this party until Hal Jordan can put it into a Hot Wheels car. That's right. <laughs> Green Lantern builds a giant. He builds a giant Hot
0: Wheels track and a car around the shattered remains of the helicopter. And makes, like, a ramp, and it does, like, loop-de-loops, and goes in circles, and then, oh, 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 no, he gets stopped by Hector for a second, and he freaks out because he's got to save, he's got to save Carol because something's going to fall on her, but then, oh, no, he saves that thing, and everything is fine. Everything's fine. There's there's no stakes.
1: I don't know, I don't think, despite the fact that everyone should have died, I don't think anybody actually gets hurt in that. Nobody dies. It's like that scene, I don't know if you've ever, you ever seen Ang Lee's Hulk? Yeah. <laughs> There's the
0: scene where, like, the Hulk picks up, like, he rips the top of a tank off, he smashes the tank in, and then throws it at a helicopter, and then the helicopter, like, blows up and crashes, and then it's off screen, and you just hear a guy go, uh, we're okay, nobody's died. <laughs> That's what it is, it's that. It's just, like, and it's a whole helicopter... Breezes through hundreds of people at high speeds. They all somehow managed to get out of the way at the same time. All it's missing is one guy literally just like look into the camera and go. But then everyone's fine here.
1: Woo, that was a close call.
2: Yeah. Woo! Jesus. Then an hour, another hour of nothing and re-explaining what Parallax is. We have a lot
1: of re-explaining about Parallax.
0: And, and Sinestro tries to plead with the guardians of the Green Lantern planet, who are a bunch of tiny little E.T. slash Mars attacks aliens. Yeah. They barely talk. Most of them can't even keep their eyes open. <laughs> and they're basically just like, yeah, we knew about Parallax. We're not going to do anything right now. We're assessing it.
2: But they ex- they do explain the origin of Parallax. Again.
0: Which is something... Again! That just
2: infuriates me. But they go into a little bit of detail that, you know, Parallax was created because one of the Guardians wanted to create a ring made out of fear power to harness it for the good of the galaxy. But, oh no! It corrupts him! He got infected with fear and now he is Parallax! Now... Pay attention to that. Because
0: immediately after they tell him that story, Sinestro says, Then we shall craft a yellow ring, and we shall use the enemy's power against him. Don't
2: worry, I won't get corrupted like literally the same guy in the same way did just 20 minutes ago. You <laughs> told me about this. It's fine. And much to the surprise and enragement of the audience, they're like, Yeah, that seems like a great plan. Let's all go make a yellow ring of fear.
1: <laughs> we'll see. I see literally no problem. This is the 20 minutes of the movie that is dedicated to setting up the next movie that's never going to happen.
2: (laughs) That's true, because they do forge the Yellow Ring of Fear, and Sinestro gives another Nazi speech about how he will finally be able to put right all the wrongs of the universe. Yes. But who should appear but Mr. Hal Jordan saying, ah, hold on a minute. And he gives his Independence Day Humanity Rocks speech. Uh, Is that
0: Independence Day or Independence Day 4? Uh, it's ID three. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, yeah, no, it's I, the one with Bill
1: Paxton as yeah, the yeah, character yeah. of the janitor, right? Yeah. Of course, that's uh, Independence <laughs> Day with a vengeance. It
2: is. It is literally <laughs> the laziest written inspirational speech it's ever. It is lazy. basically Ryan Reynolds shows up, lays out all the faults of humanity, and is like, but I mean, and but, but we're good too. He, he also turns
1: on my favorite thing from the 1990s, and that is that fearlessness. Is not being too afraid to admit that you're afraid. Whoa. That's what fearlessness is, kids.
0: It's... And then
1: Danny Tanner comes down.
0: (laughs) How rude. (laughs) He literally, Hal Jordan interrupts this thing. He's like, I'm going to use my new ring. And Hal Jordan shows up and goes, you can't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Because I, from off screen, have heard all of your conversations. And then the Guardians the guards, they're like, how dare you break into this, how dare you break into this chamber? And it's not a chamber. It's a wide open
2: open pedestal. It is worth pointing out there are no buildings
0: at all. There's no walls. There are no walls. There are greenish gray rock formations There's cities in the distance that nobody lives in because everyone's raving in the rave cave. Oh, and there's a giant green apple jolly rancher green lantern symbol in the middle of it just sitting. Every
2: single piece of green lantern paraphernalia is just the worst, (laughs) cheapest Most gaudy, poorly designed, gaudy.
0: Everything is made out of like hard plastic. (laughs) Everything in this movie looks like it could have been one out of a claw machine at a Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Is what we're saying. It's the worst. You know what, we get to the end and Hal Jordan gets back to Earth and he knows immediately somehow to get to the warehouse where Hector Hammond, who have to be infected by the fear of Parallax, has gotten a like giant tumor head and a George Lucas neck sack and his mustache <laughs> is still there and he's holding Carol hostage. And then Parallax shows like up a- out of nowhere! Parallax <laughs> just shows up! He hasn't been on screen for 45 minutes and then he just... Farts his way into the aircraft
2: hangar. Now, it's worth noting that the last time we saw Parallax,
0: he was clearly on his way to OA to yes. destroy it. Which which we've seen him, we saw him traveling towards it, and we heard somebody say his trajectory is OA. But what happens is Hector Hammond at one point goes, and then Parallax is <laughs> in space and goes, and <laughs> <It> looks <laughs> across the universe. And flies to Earth. Yeah. Farts his way to Earth. (laughs) That
2: is not an exaggeration. Yeah, no, no. That is
1: verbatim dialogue from this movie. Hector is the humpback whale. Parallax is the probe from Star Trek IV. (laughs) (laughs) They have to meet Hal Jordan and Parallax
0: finally have their fight. The (laughs) fight goes like this. I'm a big fart club!
2: (laughs) I will indiscriminately kill hundreds of people
0: in this densely populated metropolis. (laughs) Then he, he, he kills about 50 people just sucking their soul skeletons out of them. And then one lady falls down. Parallax stops, stares at one person... And just before he's about to eat her soul skeleton, Hal Jordan shows up. And then we finally, finally get to see the Green Lantern do what Green Lantern does, which is make constructs out of his imagination and will. And what does he make? Yeah, He makes a gun yeah he makes an AA gun he makes an AA gun which he well first he he throws a gas tanker truck like like a actual gas
1: tanker truck and then
0: he shoots it with an AA
1: gun to blow it up
0: yes and then builds a drill which drills in through Parallax's mouth Hal Jordan flies through its mouth following like Men in Black yeah Yeah. just like when uh, the giant worm thing in Men in Black was chasing under the the thing uh, or Tommy Lee Jones was inside the bug yep uh, so it's actually Men in Black and Men in Black too. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and while he's in Parallax's brain, does he think to shoot anything? Nope. nope. Just flies through the giant fart head, busts through on the other side. In space now. In space now. And he, I just, it's, he just starts to like shoots laser bolts at him, and then he like drags him to the sun, and then he like gets to the sun, and then flies. He creates two jets. And flies over Parallax somehow, because two jets are just better than the gravitational pull of the sun. <laughs> and then he just stands there with these jets, and they're tethered to him. And Parallax is trying to spit energy fear at him, and it's not working. It just keeps going back like it's a windy day, and he's spitting, and it's landing sure. on his shoulder. And his then fear is subject to the same gravitational pull as everything else. That's right, that's right. The abstract notion of fear is a physical thing and it's a giant yellow fart cloud and it's ruled by gravity like everyone else. Hal Jordan then shrugs off his jumbo jets instead of just making them disappear because they weren't real!
1: (laughs) The rolling up
0: of his metaphorical sleeves. Yes, and then just like shoots a little zappy thing at him and no, he. it is the glorious oh, that's right! It's the return of the giant hand super punch. The three random man killing punch. Yeah. He punches him into the sun. He punches the giant fart cloud into the sun. The giant fart cloud is, of course, thick enough to receive a punch. <laughs> it's sucked into the sun. Hal Jordan, all of a sudden, passes out of exhaustion. And just before he sucked into the sun's fiery fingers... He's saved at the last second by green ropes from his Green Lantern friends, Kilowog, Sinestro, and Birdman.
1: And Birdman. (laughs) May not be his real name on Birdman.
0: Sure, no. (laughs) He then... The movie then goes to black and you go hooray credits oh it's <laughs> over thank god but it's not only to cut to Hal Jordan on the balcony She's son of a bitch you lied to me <laughs> movie <laughs> only to cut to Hell Jordan on the balcony with Carol Ferris and she's like meh 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 and he's like meh meh meh
1: <laughs> and then they and make out they make out hard
0: finally that's the thing though is we didn't
2: actually hear any of the dialogue because we were too busy yelling <laughs> at the movie <laughs> for
0: not being over. So understand that I'm pretty sure if you turn the closed captioning on, it would say me 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 beep 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 me 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 kiss 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 cleavage 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 and then fly away fly away shot that every superhero movie has to end with of the superhero triumphantly doing what he does best into the distance, scored with the shittiest of shitty rock music, and then the credits roll. And the movie is over, except, halfway through the credits, there's a cookie! And that cookie is to set up the <laughs> giant Green Lantern franchise that it would become! And what is that cookie? It's Sinestro putting on his yellow power ring, turning For no reason into the Yellow Lantern. So there's, there's yeah. a few things I want to tell you guys about this movie that might make a little bit of sense as to why it's so bad. So this movie had a very long development phase. Originally in the year 2000, Jeff Johns, who's now like the creative director for all DC film television properties, he's like the guy, uh, wanted to do his own version of it. He was so frustrated because the studio asked him if he could make a Green Lantern movie without the power ring. (laughs) That he quit. He just walked away. Then, these are the people that this movie went through on its journey. These are people that were either attached to it at one point or asked to do it. Kevin Smith. He declined saying, I can't do it. Please find someone better. (laughs) I never say this, but bless the restraint of Kevin Smith. (laughs) There was a version of the script in development written by Robert Smigel to star Jack Black. <laughs> that was going to be remember a, this. a yeah. comedic take on the Green Lantern where Jack Black was like a janitor or something and he got it by mistake and that happened. And the studio eventually decided to go away from the comedic route. Having seen this one, I would prefer that. I one. would prefer that too. David Goyer was given the chance. David Goyer, the writer of uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, the Man Blade. of Steel movies, Blade. He was given the choice to do... Green Lantern or The Flash based off of his work on Batman Begins and Dark Knight. He chose to do a Flash movie that never happened. Oof. Here's some of the actors that were considered to play Green Lantern. Jared Leto, Chris Pine, Justin Timberlake, Sam Worthington, and Bradley Cooper. Incidentally, Brian Austin Green of Beverly Hills 90210 fame. he actively lobbied for the part of Green Lantern, couldn't even get an audition. Ouch. <laughs> oh, poor guy! Ouch. Another little fun fact: uh, it they took fourteen attempts during this movie to get Blake Lively's hair the right shade of brunette, <laughs> and <laughs> or yet or you can really, really tell. You can really tell. Fourteen attempts to dye her hair,
1: <laughs> and your villain is a giant yellow fart monster. <laughs> well, that's where all the budget went.
0: Oh. God, it's, oh, it's so angry. You know what? There's nothing else to say about this movie. So we're going to move on right now, ladies and gentlemen, to our, what used to be called the lightning round, but now we're calling it bullet points. Bullet points! Okay, our first bullet point of the night is best kill. Best kill! John. What's the best kill of this movie?
2: So, Amanda Waller is in the sort of secret government agency underground bunker, and Hector Hammond throws her into a window, not through a window, but just, like, into it for a while? Yeah, like a foot-thick pane of bulletproof glass. Now, Hal Jordan comes in, sees what's going on, and says, I'll save her, By cushioning her fall with a whole bunch of ecto-cooler and (laughs) flushing her down into the sewer system? She is 100% dead, you asshole.
1: Patrick, best kill. I think that it's going to have to be the last kill, the big green fist that takes down Parallax. There's something about the Air Force-born hero of a multi-million dollar movie Killing its main villain in the same way that he killed a bunch of disgruntled union workers. <laughs> There is I mean, some weird, there, there's like, like a motif there and I haven't quite gotten my hands on it. It's like there's just a slight like
2: Brad Bird level undercurrent of Ayn Rand objectivism going <laughs> really through the movie. Right?
1: <laughs> In fact, even Hal Jordan says, oh, well, you have to be chosen. Yeah, you have to be chosen. It's all about individual willpower. <laughs> yeah. These collectivist workers and this embodiment of fear, they all just have to take a big green punch to the face. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. A big green punch to the face. Wait a minute. Is Green Lantern Atlas Shrugged 2? Is that what happened? I'm saying Green Lantern is a Pinkerton union buster.
0: (laughs) Mark, what's your favorite kill of the movie? Best kill of the movie? I gotta give it to the poor fucking saps who get murdered by Green Lantern's initial outburst of giant green fist punching. The guy who gets... Like, there's the guy who gets punched through the brick wall. He's the last one. And, like, that guy's dead, right? Super. The first guy... One guy gets punched through, like, a windshield of a car. That guy's dead. But the one that really gets me is the middle one, who gets, like, punched into the back of a truck. Yeah. it collapses the back of a truck. Yeah. That guy is dead in so many ways. <laughs> He's got internal injuries. He's going to bleed out. His spine is probably shattered. If he even kind of lives... He has
1: no quality of life left. None. (laughs) He's a reverse Luddite he's pounding (laughs) by showing his human powers of pilot skill he has shut down the machines John Henry Paul uh, Paul Bunyan style (laughs) and in doing so he has completely screwed the working man sorry sorry John Henry Paul Bunyan so he just
2: travels the rails cutting down trees no 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 he he wins he's in
1: the big fight with the machine to see who can do it better the man and the machine he wins and then he slings
2: his
0: Rocket Goliath. <laughs> he does. Makes don't you... his wax wings to escape from prison. Well, John, don't you don't you remember that movie, The Thing with Two Heads, with Ray Milan and Rosie Greer <laughs> <laughs> well, That's what it is. That, it's based on Paul Bunyan and John Henry. John Henry's body dies, but to save his head, they grab it onto Paul oh, Bunyan's, Bunyan's shoulders. Yeah. And they're a two-headed monster that roams the Americana West. Yeah. See, I was thinking Hammer more, in one hand, axe in
2: another. I, I was thinking more like perfect strangers where they share a New York apartment. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) (laughs)
1: it's a Chicago apartment oh that's right yeah that's right because they are standing tall on the wings of their trees yeah yeah and despite their upbringings they now have to accommodate to the service economy (laughs) Paul Bunyan keeps accidentally cutting down trees in Wicker Park
2: no those were there on purpose
1: (laughs) John Henry gives signal clearance for the CTA (laughs) Okay. okay 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 all right Moving
0: on, moving on to our our next bullet point. How many war crimes were perpetrated in this movie with war crimes?
1: War crimes. Patrick, how many war crimes are perpetrated in this movie? Oh man, I'm going to have to go with at least two. Because you've got, A, that whole helicopter flying around the party thing that is not solved by any reasonable means. Nope, yeah. (laughs) Like, instead of... When Amanda Waller is falling, he comes up with a big... Pile of Kool Aid for her to fall comfortably in and flush away to safety. For the helicopter that's coming down, he's like, no, screw it, Hot Wheels cart. And just terrifies the shit out of everyone senselessly for several minutes. Sure, it would be
2: like if the Red Cross showed up to a war zone and started throwing water balloons at everyone. right? Right? It's just aggressively absurd and not helping anyone.
1: And I'm pretty sure that taking a fart on the top of the tallest building in any given city that is so rancid that it sweeps down into the streets and murders civilians by the thousands is almost certainly something that there's a convention against. John, war crimes for this film.
2: Jeez, well, he does use military-grade equipment in the presence of a mob of civilians at the end. Yep. In, like, densely populated downtown city. Uh, with just no regard whatsoever for the city, he gives no quarter. No,
0: to anyone. Now, in Green Lantern's defense, the military equipment he uses is constructed from his own imagination.
1: <laughs> it's not real.
0: <laughs> it's real enough to help murder a giant yellow fart monster, but it isn't
2: technically existing. It's real enough it's to, to expl- well. So we've got that. We've also got the war crime of Green Lantern and Hector Hammond both. Invading government property, yes, that's setting true. off the—I don't know—installed system of flamethrowers. <laughs> they yes, they're yes. like these big things that look like sprinkler
0: systems, but they're the opposite because they just pour out. Yeah, insane amounts of fire. And that's how Tim Robbins bites it. You know what? Scratch that. Go back. That's my kill of the movie. Tim <laughs> Robbins getting burnt by. No reason to be their (laughs) flamethrowers.
1: Essentially, their office that they have built, the scientists that are watching over the the alien's dead body, their office has the same arms as, like, the uh, machine from Alien. Yeah, they're like the load lift arms. Except they've got (laughs) flamethrowers. Except they
2: shoot fire. (laughs) But what I love, too, is also, after the events of this movie, the American government is going to have to, on the international stage, cop to knowing about aliens that crash landed on our territory, experimenting on them. That's got to be illegal. For sure. And also having this whole underground facility dedicated to hopefully maybe an alien shows up and we can shoot fire at it, I guess. (laughs) Right? Right.
1: Not to mention the sunspot activity that's going to come from uh, Parallax burning in our sun.
0: (laughs) All of our communication systems are dead. (laughs) This is bad news. And and that leads to my war crime, is that in the battle in space, uh, at the end of the movie, when you have Green Lantern versus Parallax, Green Lantern ropes a satellite and throws it at Parallax! (laughs) He just throws a random satellite! For all we know, that was like the White House communications satellite that connects to Air Force One, and the president is Dead now, because that plane couldn't (laughs) land properly. He also spooks a couple astronauts on the International Space Station flying by. That's got to be a war crime, right, to scare an astronaut?
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's like touching a (laughs) cop.
0: You just don't do it, right? You just don't do it. Okay, moving on to our next bullet point. What is the body count? Body count. John, what's the body count for this movie?
2: Oh man, so I'm definitely pegging it in the hundreds because we have that scene of Parallax just walled, like walled, wading through a sea of civilians.
0: Sure, just, just like Independence Day yeah. 4. A- exactly. <laughs> Day 4. Everything
2: yeah. he touches turns to a yellow soul that he eats. Yes, like a yeah. yellow soul Batman, skeleton. I guess. Yep. So yep. he's I'm gonna say 123 to account for the three innocent people <laughs> who were murdered. <laughs> Forty minutes into this movie by Hal Jordan.
1: Oh man. Patrick, that cannot be overstated uh, <laughs> how murdered those people are. Patrick, what is your body count? I'm gonna guess five hundred and six. I think it's five hundred in the city. I, I'm giving you three on the three that get the three disgruntled <laughs> union workers. And I just wanna let's not forget our three XCOM uh oh, aliens yeah. from the beginning right, who right. get right. murdered pretty The animated aliens at the top so of the 506, That's where I am.
0: Okay. So, according to EW.com, the body count for this movie is 30.
2: What? <laughs> okay. So, I looked what? this up.
0: I looked this up today. In 2011, they were doing, like, a summer body count for all the movies that were coming out. So, a part of Green Lantern, they count up all the bodies that were killed. So, these are only confirmed kills that you see. Now, my body count number is billions, because we hear from the Green Lantern That's- Guardians on Oa and from Sinestro oh, that, that Parallax has gone through several star systems and That's wiped right. out all signs of life. It's yeah. Like, yeah. every time they- two planets. Billions yeah. of people. Every time billions. they check in with a Gala-
2: uh, with a, uh, I almost said Galactus because they totally rip off the dumb fart cloud effect from the end yes. of Fantastic yeah. Four 2 Rise the,
0: of the Silver it, Surfer. In fact, it is that same effect, except this one has a terrible face. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, yeah, like, every
2: time they check in with Parallax, it's like, well, he's killed four planets now. Well, now he's killed five planets.
1: Yes, yeah, they really? might be now lightly
2: populated. Let's super not yeah. worry about that Guardians of the Universe with Green Lantern powers. Yeah. I'm sure it'll just be
0: fine. I'm sorry, magic space cop with your technology <laughs> ring. Don't worry about it. Hang out at home. <laughs> <laughs> Parallax, so I'm going to say my number... Because I don't think we'll be able to get a real number. So, my number is going to be 6 billion and 3. Nice. So, that is the 6 billion people. Mo- like, most of them are killed by parallax carrying other worlds. Uh, there's a couple people that Hector Hammond kind of kills here and there, like Waller and Tim Robbins. And then there's the three innocent civilians that Hal Jordan, our hero, murders with a giant green rage fist yeah. in a parking lot <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. A la Con Air. <laughs> it is yeah and it's exactly that the opening of con air is 40 minutes into the middle of, <laughs> green, of green lantern yeah. again proving my point that this movie is cobbled together from stolen bits from better movies and finally we get to our last bullet point is this an action movie is this an action movie john is this an action movie oh God no uh, first off
2: mm, too much nothing happens right it's like watching the nothing from never-ending story <laughs> it, complete with dumb puppet mouth on embodiment of an
0: emotion sure but at least at least the nothing in never-ending story like attacked the rock monster and killed killed Artex that swamp.
2: Parallax, except for what we hear about off screen, is largely passive. Yeah, he's in most of this movie.
0: Like most farts, he just kinda <laughs> wanders, lingers through the area, and is terrible, but In the end, you can't really blame him for what he's doing. He's just doing for what he's been designed to do. So, yeah, it is
2: not an action movie. It is barely even a movie. It is a collection of exposition scenes that go nowhere, tied together with a little bit of light sexism that Carol Ferris can be... You know, just sort of pat it on the head for being such a eager, go getting young executive. <laughs> yeah. And then go slip into something pretty doll face. We need a cleavage shot for the last part po- yeah, of this movie. Every time,
0: every time they show her, like the first time you see her, she's like in her nice, she's in a flight suit. And you're like, sure. oh, she's a pilot, cool. And she flies with them and she's really good at that. And like I was reading, apparently Blake Lively did a bunch of like stunt training ahead of time and doing weird gymnastic things. So like all the flight scenes. In whatever they'd be able to do, like she'd be able to hang out and do these stunts. So she trained for this movie, she trained so that every other scene they can put her in a push up bra <laughs> and just look pretty.
2: It is incredible. Although she does have the best scene in this shitty, shitty movie she where does. Hal Jordan comes to her wearing his dumb domino mask. Yep, and she's like, Oh, hi, Hal Jordan, how are you? Was, how did you recognize me? And it's like, I- I've known you since we were
0: children, I've seen you naked. Uh, yeah, Did like you you're think, not fooling anyone. Yeah, she says, uh, "She's like, I've no we've known each other since we were children. I've seen you naked. Do you?"
1: Uh, do you really think that you could, could fool me by hiding your cheekbones? Yes. Right. Which apparently I found out she improvised that line. And for a and brief... And that's the best thing in the movie. Yeah. For a brief
2: moment I connected with Blake Lively. Yeah. We were yeah. both on the same wavelength with this. We both hated this
0: movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But then
2: the rest of the movie she is given nothing to do but be damseled and then be in a real low cut dress. Yeah. yeah. It is absolutely. not an action
1: movie. It is barely even a movie. Patrick, is this an action movie? Not a chance. <laughs> It's an, it's an exposition of an exposition. I haven't seen anything like this since I read the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, and so I just read it at the beginning. And the 150 pages of scholarly interpretations are a lot more than the 50 pages of actual manifesto. <laughs> and I would say that this is the case with the Green Lantern. They tell you a lot for about an hour and 45 minutes, and like that back 510 is almost an action movie. <laughs> Mark, is this an action movie? Fuck no!
0: (laughs) This is a collection of moving images. (laughs) I would put this on the level of Thomas Edison's train pulls into station. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe, uh, you know what this is? This movie is the movie equivalent of Lou Reed's metal machine music. (laughs) It's, It's just sound and fury, and none of it makes any sense, and it's a big fuck you to everybody. This movie is garbage. It's hot steaming garbage. It is a bunch of banana peels thrown into a garbage can and it stinks like garbage. I want to set it on fire. I want to find every copy of this movie, break it in half, and then break those halves into halves, and then use them to kill my worst enemies with. This is awful. I hate it. I hate that we watched it. I hate that this is the third time I've seen it. I'm so mad. Okay, so... John, what is your review of Green Lantern?
2: All right, so if I had to review this movie, I would say it's like the bully in high school was nice to you for a day. Opened your locker for you, carried (laughs) your books, moved people out of the way so you could get to class on time, and at the end of the day was like, you know what, John? I think you're the guy to teach me about comic books. Can I? Why don't we go to a comic book shop? You pick out something you think I would like. We'll go to my place, we'll read it, we'll eat some pizza, and we'll have a great time. And I say, yes. That sounds great, Timothy. Let's do that. We go to the comic book shop, and I pick out an issue of Green Lantern Rebirth, issue number one by Geoff Johns, because I think it's got enough history to really get him invested into the character, but it's a great story in its own right. And he says, this is really great, John. I appreciate this. As soon as he buys the comic, he rips it in half in front of me, pushes me into a mud puddle, throws my books on my head, and then just walks away with no explanation.
0: <laughs> oh, man, that is a magical metaphor, a very magical metaphor for this movie. <laughs> Patrick, what is your review of Green Lantern? The movie you own. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, thanks for throwing that in my face. Wow. <laughs> it seems like it was a science experiment. It's like they made the shittiest script they could, and then the theory was, the hypothesis was, maybe this could work if no scene were longer than ninety seconds. (laughs) If we just jump back and forth between everything that happens, this, this maybe it could be a movie. I'm giving this three flame striped Hot Wheels out of (laughs) a (laughs) hundred. Mark your review of Green Lantern.
0: Uh, I hate this movie. I hope every single copy of it is rounded up put on the trains and shipped to a pit somewhere in New Mexico where it is buried next to every other copy of E.T. the video game covered up so 40 years from now Zach Penn can go over there and dig him back up for a documentary (laughs) except when they dig him up I want him to set him on fire and bury him again! This movie is so bad I'm so angry to have watched it I'm very upset I'm very very upset I'm Red and you I'm just so mad. <laughs> so that being said, uh one and a half stars. Probably one and a half stars. <laughs> one and a half stars, that's fair. I will give it uh I will give it one thumb up, but that one thumb is from a shop teacher and it doesn't exist anymore. It's in the garbage. <laughs> this movie belongs in the garbage with that thumb.
1: <laughs> Two Play- thumbs up in my eyes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Body Counts and Beer I am Mark Rosenthal I am Patrick Bromley And despite my yellow imperfection of
2: fear I am still Jonathan Rooney
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much for listening And we'll see you next time Good night Body Counts and Beer Is the Red Lantern of Rage Mark Rosenthal The Black Lantern of Death Patrick Bromley And the Orange Lantern of Avarice John Rooney Like us on Facebook Follow us on Twitter at BodyCountCast Email us at bodycountsandbeer at gmail.com and subscribe, follow, like, love the show on soundcloud.com. Good night, and may the Blue Lantern of Hope bring us a better film next time.